Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life, and I'm looking forward to bringing today's guests back to the Word of Mom, to the Mompreneur Model Show. Allison Caffrey is a small business operations strategist, best-selling author, and founder of Operations Agency. She's commonly referred to as the wolf among her clients because she just gets it done. Allison is best known for helping streamline the back-end ops for a multitude of brands and using her Operations Simplified Framework to unleash the power of small teams. Allison joined us a few months ago sharing another of her businesses, Master Maternity Leave. She's committed to using her experience growing businesses and streamlining operations to help parentpreneurs kid-proof their businesses and live family-focused lives. Whether navigating a new baby, an unforeseen circumstance, or simply making sure you are front row at all the wrestling matches, Allison helps create businesses that give time back to your family, not the other way around. Allison is the mom of two young sons. Yeah, it's kind of crazy and enjoys spending her time at home with her growing family. So with all that being said, Allison, welcome back to Word of Mom Radio. Dory, thanks so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to it. So I would love for you to share your journey with us. And how you realize that systems are critical for parents who run businesses. Yeah, so I started my company, Operations Agency, kind of out of need back in 2018. I was working as a full-time operations manager for a high-growth business, and my husband and I, uh, we were in the military at the time. So he was in the military, I was a military spouse, and he was being moved from one um, location. So we were in Colorado Springs to another base um, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And I remember restructuring pretty much that entire business before I had left over a 90-day period. The founder you know, asked me, he said, will you stay here and help me kind of with this transition over the next 90 days? So I granted it. And after I was finished restructuring that business prior to my departure, I was full with a book of business in my own uh, kind of freelancing work, um, doing exactly what I was doing for that owner, for a handful of others. So I always joke that I started my business on accident and out of need. We were moving. I had no idea what was next for me. I was actually taking LSAT courses to start at law school because I was convinced that that was going to be the next thing. And just like all great businesses, right, you, there really is a need first, and then you kind of come in with your skill set to fit that need. And that's what happened with operations agency. So fast forward about three years, I was running that business with a handful of contractors and 
some core teammates, but for the most part, it was just me still working pretty one-on-one with a lot of clients. And I had my first son, Frank, and I remember we were in the hospital. We had just been moved from the labor and delivery room over to the overnight room that we were going to stay in that evening with our son. And my hair was still all crazy messy from like just giving birth. I was like very happy that the birth process was over and I was very nervous as most first time moms are. My husband snaps this picture of me and my you know newborn son and he's sleeping in my arms. And the next photo that he hadn't captured was me setting my son down in the bassinet so that I could pick up my phone and answer emails and Slack messages from my team and my clients. And there aren't very many times in life where you get such a specific physical demonstration of where your priorities are, but that was mine. And I had this this realization at first, right, I kind of wore it like a badge of honor. I was like, look how dedicated I am to my business. I'm, you know, answering emails in the hospital. But in the back of my mind, I was like, no, Allie, this isn't good. Like, you're not starting off this relationship, this new role, you know, by really putting aside your family in order to focus on the growth of your business. And so from that day forward, I really focused on working with my team on creating repeatable systems that didn't really rely on me to move our projects forward and, you know, really get great results for clients. Because we've been doing a lot of really great things over that three-year period. I just needed to distill them down into a way that others could run with it and it didn't totally rely on me. What a way to realize, hey, wait a second, there's a whole shift going on here. And I I do understand that because I know women that wear that as a badge of honor. They really do. And mm-hmm. realizing that's not the badge you want. It really isn't. So no. in looking at the different systems and things like that, what do you think the most important system is that we constantly overlook? Yeah, I think it's creating boundaries in your business. So for me, in, in this stage of my life, when I was welcoming my first son and we got back to the house, it was we had a really, a really incredible birth and a really incredible experience welcoming our first son. And we were back in our home. Um, we stayed the two nights obligatory in the hospital and then we came back. And I remember thinking, you know, with all the, the dust and excitement of, oh, my goodness, we got to, you know, have our, our new baby. We're going to bring him home and see his nursery and all the stuff. Right. I remember thinking I got to get back to work. And it was a Saturday. And I remember thinking, like, I have a day to kind of get myself <laughs> myself together and, like, really figure out how I'm going to balance. And thankfully, I worked at home. I worked remotely. So that was really great. My team was distributed. So I wasn't going in into physical offices with clients, with team, with anybody. So that was a really huge, um, you know, life-saving element to being able to integrate really easily and really quickly. But what I started realizing was looking back at my schedule in the weeks prior, even just leading up to birthing my son, I was working like 70 hours a week in my business. I was exhausted and I was actually in a position where I trained a business to grow needing that much time from me, right? So that's one of the biggest things I see with parents and with business owners at large is they'll say, oh, I want to detangle myself from the day-to-day operations. But then you start to take a look at their calendar and you say, wow, now we have to account not for just a full-time 
person, right? We don't have to account for 40 hours. We have to account for like 70 hours. So that was a big bonk on the head for me that I had wished I had planned for a little bit earlier in my kind of like maternity leave planning, uh, which I know we did a totally different episode on that. But when I was doing some of that planning work, I was like, wow, I wish I would have realized how much time I was actually training my business to need me versus setting those boundaries of I got to close my computer at 6 p.m. I'm taking full weekends. I'm not going to be answering emails or available to my clients, right? I'm not going to get up and start working at four in the morning answering messages and things, right? Really just kind of shrinking down the available time that your business needs you is an incredible system to master as early on as possible. I know that there's going to be hustle times and growth times where you're going to need to kind of break those boundaries a little bit. But if you keep them in place, I I promise it will really pay a lot of big dividends to you in the time that you can get back with your family. Boundaries. Let's face it. It works with business, parenting. It works with everything (laughs) in life because we know it is so easy to have it just run off. I remember when I first started my business, because I've been a mompreneur since 1994, so last century. And for the first time we had moved from my, my office was in a corner of my bedroom. And when we moved to our house, it was on the third floor. So I would mm-hmm. come down and I would shut the door and I'd leave my business phone upstairs. And that was it. I didn't Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning and the first thing I saw was work, you Mm -hmm. know, and that in and of itself was such a boundary creator for me. I was a single mom. My kids were young. I worked in the morning before they got up for school and Mm -hmm. then would make breakfast, do all of that stuff. And then when they left for school, I'd go up to the office. When they came home on the bus, everything got shut down. Mm-hmm. And in the evening after everybody went to bed and they were early sleepers, so they were in bed by eight, I worked for about an hour and a half or so. And mm. that was kind of how I had, but I never missed the ball game. I didn't work on weekends. I set those boundaries really clearly because if you don't, oh my gosh, you know, we only have 24 hours in a day. And, you know, as moms, we actually do need sleep. There is a time you actually have to just stop. And let's face it, we just keep going. We're like a little red engine. I just, I can do it. I can do it. It's like, no. And in that vein, how do we separate keeping work and keeping home? How do we create those boundaries? Yeah, and I think, Dory, the what you've just shared, too, about moving your desk and your office from in your bedroom to just another part of the home is a great kind of early stage example of some of the ways we can start to create these physical boundaries, um, because creating the physical boundaries does actually help us create some of those mental boundaries internally. So a couple of things we can do, work, you know, separate your workspace and your home space. Communication for me is one of the biggest things. So let your clients and your team know when you are and are not available for questions and all of those things. And give your team and your clients a way to book into your schedule within a day's time. So this has been a huge game changer for me specifically. My phone is on do not disturb pretty much 24-7. I don't think I need to be pinged with pretty much anything unless I'm away from my children and, and their caregiver needs to contact me. 
but for the most part, what I do is I don't respond to anything on my phone. That is a huge boundary for me. If I'm sitting on my computer or if somebody's in a position where they need to get in touch with me, they can book on my calendar. My calendar is the only thing that comes through to my phone. So that's pre-scheduled times. I have a 15-minute booking link where my team or my clients can book a time with me if they need something really, really urgently within the next 24 hours. And that is something that I found has helped with the communication boundary. And then the space boundary, I have a separate office, you know, kind of outside of my core living space. Something else I've done pretty significantly over the years with just really separating work and home is making sure that like my physical presence is different at work than at home. And what I do there is it's funny. I have like this mommy shirt. It's got like a big front pocket. That way if I need to stick tissues or teethers or any of the things like in the front pocket, the mentally, for whatever reason, it helps me segment how I'm dressed for work and how I'm dressed for home. That's a really interesting thing that I've personally found has helped me. And then I also do transition activities. So let's just say, for example, I actually also get up and make some content. I'll write blogs. I'll record videos in the mornings before my kiddos get up. And then I'll do like a quick stretching routine before I go and get them for, you know, get them up out of bed and get them up for breakfast and do the whole thing in the mornings. And I found that those transition activities are really helpful for me, whether it's doing a really quick stretch, it's not working, right? It's just being in the physical for a second. I use my workouts to do this as well. So typically on uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I take half days. So I'll be working in the business in the morning and then in the afternoons. When my kiddos get up from nap, I'll usually just be with them from like 3.30 on, and I'll I'll pre- pretty much pin my workout toward the end of my working session. So I'll work, then I'll go work out, I'll shower up, I'll put on my mommy shirt, and then I'm with them for the rest of the day. And it makes me feel like I have some transition because sometimes, especially when you're running your own business, You just have that running to-do list or that task list in the back of your brain. And if you feel like you need to run from one thing to another, then you just kind of get that whiplash mentally, right? And even same thing, right? If your kiddo is sick downstairs and you've just, you know, gone to a doctor's appointment and now you need to come back and be interviewed on a podcast or deliver a client strategy or work on something in your business, your brain is still going to be there, right, with your sick kiddo. So really creating those those boundaries and, and those places where you feel like you can be totally present with your work and totally present with your family, it's going to make a lot of difference. And it's going to simplify a lot of that noise in our mom brain because that that is true. That happens so much, right, where we can't re- – we have that list of things always kind of running in the back of our mind in either direction. On that note, think of what <laughs> Allie just said. We're going to say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be back here in just a moment on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. In 2017, Unsilenced Voices was formed to help survivors of domestic abuse and gender-based violence worldwide. The organization currently serves Sierra Leone, Rwanda, Ghana, and the USA. In 2022, Unsilenced Voices gifted over $33,000 to survivors in the USA. And in Sierra Leone, there are over 26 young girls 
who have been rescued from sex trafficking and domestic abuse and now going through vocational training school in order to better their lives. We need your help. Donations are critical in order for us to continue our work. We also need volunteers to help with research and development. Please visit unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Don't let the name fool you. StadiumBags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. Check out StadiumBags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice. Because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back with Allison Caffrey. We are talking about operations, strategies, and everything else. And I have to laugh with your mommy shirt. (laughs) I had three kids under the age of five. And as they started getting older, I actually had this shirt. I would put on every once in a while, and it just said, because I'm the mommy, that's why. (laughs) and I would put that shirt on and I'd hear one of them go, "Uh uh-oh, somebody hasn't been listening. (laughs) Because it was so funny. Yeah. I, every once in a while, you know, that's with my grandkids. My cues were my glasses. I have Ah. glasses and then I have reading glasses because I had them with me. I slipped right back into being a mompreneur since they were two months old. They would be with me. I'd be working And when I would put my working glasses on, they knew that they had to just play. And then I'd put, if we were going to read, I'd put my reading glasses on. My grandson and I one time were on the, doing a Facebook call when I had COVID. And I had been looking at a friend, uh, was showing me her artwork. We were looking. And so I had my working glasses on. He came on. He was only three. Came on and and went, hi, Mimi. No, no work. No work. Off. Glasses off. So I took Aww. the glasses off. I put my my other glasses on. Okay, hi Mimi. Yeah, because it was <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't work. We're talking. Mm-hmm. So those visual cues for children are mm-hmm. really important. It would be nice to be able to give visual cues to our clients. <laughs> you know, to have yeah. that shirt and that hat and that scarf that it's like, uh oh, we're not doing our job. <laughs> I have to ask, when you look at a solopreneur, mompreneurs, dadpreneurs, whatever, how can they leverage systems to support themselves in their businesses? Yeah, so I think this is a great question because it, at times, I'm sure, if I've been, you know, collaborating with, you know, solopreneurs in any capacity, at times they'll come to me and they'll say, listen, this all sounds wonderful, but this sounds like something that I could put together if I had a team with me. And that is true. I mean, it's most beneficial right this moment for folks who have people in their corner who are supporting their business, right? Putting systems in place helps train new people and make them more effective and all that. But it doesn't mean that we can't start working that muscle before we might hire a team. So something I've seen a lot of owners face plant on 
is that they feel like they'll have a need in the business and then they'll hire a new person in and then they'll basically just create all of the training from scratch on the fly with the new person. The new person doesn't understand their business as well as the founder does, right? And then the context kind of goes out the window and that person is kind of floundering. And so I've seen folks get really burnt by hiring because they don't prepare some of these systems ahead of their first hire. So things like what does it look like to onboard a new team member, right? What is that What is that process, right? What do they need to understand about the business, about the results that you provide, about you as a working professional? I remember hiring my first assistant and um, I said to her, I kid you not, I said, I am not like your typical founder. I don't need an assistant to help wrangle me and keep me organized. I am organized. I understand where I need to be and when I need to be there. And I follow my calendar to a T and I show up and I do those things. But what I don't do is I don't start new conversations and reach out to people. And I don't have that like outbound kind of marketing, you know, feel and I don't create content. And that's a muscle I had to build. And so being really upfront and open with your team and being really upfront and open with your, you know, community about how you work, how folks can support you. It might look different than everybody else who is a colleague of yours who has other businesses, but just understand what your needs are right now. Because I've seen so many people who will hire in what they think they're supposed to have at this stage in the business, and it doesn't work out because they're in a position where they need some type of different support. So the very first thing to begin with, if you're a solopreneur, is how you're spending your time. So what does your calendar look like? Are you doing all of the things? Are you doing all the project management? Are you doing all the new client onboarding? Are you, you know, providing all of the services and all the results and all the stuff? If that is yes, which I'm assuming it is, right, if you're working on your own um, or if you're, you know, outsourcing a handful of things to some subcontractors or something like that, really crystallizing what your core process is for transformation is going to be the name of the game. Because I think I firmly believe that we work one-on-one for an amount of time in order to crystallize our core process. And then our job after that is to communicate that process to others in order to help us get more results. So if you're putting together a website or if you're designing logos or if you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, um, creating the here's milestone one, milestone two, and milestone three and how I approach this, getting that down on paper as soon as humanly possible, once you bring somebody in, for the business, they're going to be able to help you, even if it's just with the administrative stuff, organizing the files, getting clients set up and inside of your project management system or whatever that looks like for you. Um, and there's always going to be iterations of how much you're able to offload and the sophistication that your systems need to meet in order to kind of offload, you know, some of that stuff. So remember to start now before you need to hire somebody and also start small, start simple and build that muscle over time. I have to ask, when you mm. hire, how important is it for you to know what you are hiring people for? You know, you were breaking it down, but it really is amazing how often people bring somebody on without them understanding mm -hmm. what I need you to do. You know, again, it, it, it just becomes, okay, I'm hiring you for this, but you need to know on mm -hmm. the back end of what has to be done for you to really be able to translate that to somebody else. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up, Dory, because I see a lot of folks, specifically in project management, specifically with executive assistants, right, a lot of administrative functions in the business, they'll look up on Google, you know, what I need a project manager, what is a project manager job description, let's just say, right? And I think that's helpful to consider, like, what a person like that might be doing or what types of skill set they may, you know, embody. However, I always start with the calendar. Just look at the calendar. Look at how you are spending your time and where you can get your time back. And if that person's title is chief of Dory getting her time back, that's <laughs> fine. Like, we don't need to ad- adhere to the the common, you know, um, job descriptions or the common roles in an organization. I don't even think we need org charts in small businesses. I don't think we need titles basically at all. We just need really, really clear lists of what we are responsible for creating inside of the business. And especially even if the systems aren't developed, if we're very early stage or if we're a solopreneur bringing on our first person, we need to consider how can, you know, of all the things that Dory does in any given week, how can we get Dory back 10 hours? How can we get Dory back 20 hours, right? And then do those things. And that is okay. I think a lot of owners are like, we need to have this specific job description that looks like some of the other things and have these specific roles. I don't think any one of my teammates at operations agency has an actual like traditional title, (laughs) not one, because we've put a couple of roles together based on the growth needs of the agency. And we know that maybe right now, like Lauren, my number two, she's sitting in two seats but they both are really only part-time roles, but she understands that she's overseeing both of them. So I think the clearer you can be with your team, the less you'll feel like you need to rely on traditional project manager job descriptions, because a lot of that stuff is not going to apply to your business at that current stage. All right. Now you have everything in place. You've got strategies. You've got everything. You've got your boundaries set. And then how do you plan for the emergencies that come up? You know, planning for an emergency Sounds oxymoronic. However, you got to plan for emergencies. They happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, um, actually, one of the, the things I cover pretty extensively in the book I released earlier this year called The Sabbatical Method is really training your business to function um, during times without you. And so you need to build that muscle. So one of the best ways I've found to contingency plan is to give your business those little hits of time without you on a regular and consistent basis. It helps build trust in your clients, right? That things are going to keep operating even if you're not there. It helps build trust in your team or, you know, in a future team that you may have that, you know, says, hey, listen, you know, Allie trusts me. She knows we can get this stuff done without her, right? And I think that will be a great contingency planning factor. And do this as well with your teammates. So like my team, it's a rule internally that everybody who is employed by me needs to have at least one day off a month so that we can figure out like, okay, who stepped in when Lauren goes out, right? Who's going to handle client communication? And even still, right, longer periods of time, we actually use that. Lauren on my team just went out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Actually, no, maybe that was like two weeks ago before fall break with her kiddos. They went to Florida and had a vacation together and we reorganized. We were like, hey, listen, let's make sure all the, the documentation is up to date and giving our business some time to to really experience, you know, right now on my internal leadership team, Lauren's one of three. So like that was a pretty big hit, right, for a week of time of having her go out and do whatever. And now coming back in, right, she can see, hey, listen, this kind of fell through the crack. So we need a better process here, right? This fell through the crack. So maybe what we do is set up some automation here so that we can, you know, keep things, you know, going for clients. And so I actually personally feel that 
contingency planning isn't about just like thinking about all the things that might happen for somebody to go out of the business because that's just going to stress you out and it's going to, you know, cause you probably to over-prepare, which I know it would for me. But really what we need to do is just create a system internally that allows people to come in and out of the business in a way that feels really healthy, right? Whether that's a new hire, whether that's somebody quitting and and moving on to their next best opportunity, whether that's somebody going on vacation, going on maternity leave, who just wants to take a couple of weeks off. We need to be able to like fit that in, especially with kids, right? I mean, I could walk downstairs tomorrow morning and my son could be sick and really just need me. And I have to be able to be confident to say, hey, listen, we need to reschedule these three calls. Lauren, you need to take these two. And then here are the big things I was planning on pushing forward today. Can we afford to move them or do we need to like block some time for me in the afternoon? So like those are the big conversations. And if you know what those systems are, it makes it so much easier for you to communicate with your team. It also makes it easier for you to communicate with your spouse, right? If I walk downstairs and my and my kid is sick, I can say, hey, listen, Steve, I can actually be with Frank, you know, during these times, but I actually might need you to come home from school early because you know, I, I need this this three to four o'clock time to really push this thing over the finish line. So if you could just be with him during that time, that would be excellent. Like it helps, I think, to really get, get that muscle built. That's a great way to end <laughs> this conversation. You alluded to your book, and I really <laughs> want to have you back to talk about your book because I find the way you communicate and everything else is so spot on. It really is, Ali. You you have this down and I feel like your book is going to be such an asset to people out there that are building their businesses and raising their families and realizing that you can have it all. You really can. We are showing constantly that there is a way to be successful as a business owner, as as a partner and everything else and make it all work. And it is about putting the systems and strategies and everything together. And I think your book is a really, really great tool to be able to have. So we have to have you back. And as we wrap up, what do you want to leave our listeners with and how may they reach out to you? Yeah, of course. I'd love to leave listeners with just the idea that you can create the life and the business that you desire. And it might not happen overnight and it might not happen all at once, but just know that if you're disciplined and intentional, that you can really, really create this really beautiful existence between business and home. I think a lot of folks feel like they're not in the driver's seat of their business and and their family and that things happen to them a lot. But kind of shifting that and being a little bit more proactive is something that will just unlock unlimited potential and happiness um, around doing some of these things and kind of bring that, that those stressful times down a little bit more. If you want to connect with me, you can find me mostly on Instagram talking about parenting and, and systems at Ali Caffrey is my handle there. If you want to also take a look at how I start to kid proof businesses. I have a really great checklist. It's totally free. Um, You can go to allisoncaffrey.com slash checklist and download a copy of that. And it'll really give you a solid inventory of what I feel like needs to be in place in order for you to feel like you're setting up your systems in your business and those boundaries for your home life in a way that feels really cohesive. And it's not a one size fits all solution. It's just a really solid um, kind of list of thinking points for you to consider, okay, do I want this for my home? Do I want this for my business? And I think it's, it's really helped a lot of my clients get unstuck. Love that. All of Allison's links will be live on wordofmomradio.com. So definitely check out what she's doing and we will keep you posted on when we're going to have her back to share her book. 
So Ooh, I'm excited. thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time out to share your journey with us and go give those boys a hug from me. <laughs> Thanks, Dory. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. And for all of you tuning in, thanks so much for being here with us. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details